Steve Forbes. Yes, that Steve Forbes will join us and tell us uh, why flat tax is better and how to get out of inflation. And just a knowledgeable, smart, sharp guy. The Adam Carolla Show presents Steve Forbes' birthday cocktail party for July 18th. Let's see who's invited. First up, American gangster from the Prohibition era, George Machine Gun Kelly. Former holder of the world land speed record, British auto racer, Ernest Eldridge. Comedian Red Skelton is here. Let's welcome Nelson Mandela. The first American to orbit the Earth, astronaut John Glenn. Hunter S. Thompson is here. Say hello to James Brolin. Martha from Martha and the Vandellas. Martha Reeves. Richard Branson just joined the party. Country singer Ricky Skaggs is here. Let's welcome golfer Nick Faldo. Actress Elizabeth McGovern. Vin Diesel joined the party. Kristen Bell is here. And boxer Canelo Alvarez. Steve Forbes is on the Adam Carolla Show. Steve Forbes is chairman and editor-in-chief of Forbes, obviously, and has got a book out called Inflation, What Is It, Why It's Bad, and How to Fix It. Nice to meet you, Steve Forbes. Well, good, to, good to be with you, and uh, nice to see you again on the screen. I saw you and uh, Dennis Prager in that movie several years ago on Free Speech. Oh, and uh, what a memorable show that was, especially that professor, I think, was at Evergreen University mm-hmm. who nearly got beat up because he believed in free speech. <laughs> yeah, there are certain watershed moments in a society when one has to pump the brakes and go, what is going on here? That was a moment when the very liberal professor was being chased by an angry mob off his liberal campus for showing up and doing his job. Because he didn't stay home. Because he was told to stay home. Uh that should have been a moment where us as a society went, maybe some of the stuff that's going on on campuses has gone just a little bit off the rails. But um, speaking of that, so we're in the middle of inflation and we got a recession and they want to, the Fed wants to up the interest rate. And let's just talk about what inflation is and, and how to how to fix it. Well, what inflation is, is when you have uh, devalue the value of your uh, currency, make it less valuable, usually done when governments create too much of the money. There's another kind of inflation, which is why people get confused. Uh, They're called non-monetary inflation, which comes when you say have a drought or a storm, which disrupts production. So prices temporarily go up. You have a war like you do in Ukraine, affecting fertilizer and food prices and the like, or the lockdowns which severely disrupted supply chains. Uh, These experts didn't realize how intricate and extensive these arrangements are, that if you pull, if you upset one part of it, you're not going to have a product at at the end. And uh, so uh, that supply side has affected us today. The two can exist together, monetary, non-monetary inflation. But on the non-monetary side, that will cure itself if the government lets it. Unfortunately, this government and other governments are not letting it cure itself, continue to throw sand in the gears of production, mainly by waging war against uh, oil and gas. And uh, the monetary kind, unfortunately, the Federal Reserve, our central bank, believes you conquer inflation by making people poor. They don't understand. If you stabilize your money, you don't have to make people poor. You'll end up making them richer because you have a more productive economy. Why is there so much controversy or speculation or arguments about, well, we can print tons of money and put it into the system, and this side says that's going to fix things, and the other side says, no, it's not going to fix things. I oftentimes wonder out loud, isn't this more of a science than we give it credit for? And then why are there so many different opinions on what causes it and what solves it? Well, It's been around for 4,000 years, so you'd think uh, we would have learned something in that 4,000-year period. As we point out in the book, uh, if you uh, don't debase your currency, in the old days they used to put uh, uh, lead and uh, silver coins and the like, do junk like that. In modern times, we do the proverbial printing, uh, but uh, they always have unmet needs. 
And so unlike people who get bills at the end of the month and say, "Uh oh, how are we going to pay it? Uh, the government tries to uh, inflate its way out, create money out of thin air. And then they always blame other people. They are scapegoating. So it's always somebody else's fault. You know, we point out in Roman times, they blame Christians for inflation, which was uh, good for the lions, but it didn't end the inflation in Rome, which helped destroy Rome. Medieval times, they blame witches for inflation. <laughs> uh, more uh, And then in the early 20s, uh, when the Germany had its hyperinflation caused by printing presses running rampant, uh, they blamed it on uh, Jewish bankers and merchants. Richard Nixon uh, blamed it on greedy Arabs. Uh, today, Biden blames everyone, Vladimir Putin, Donald Trump, George Bush. You know, it's every, always other people who make food, people who uh, produce uh, things. Always somebody else's fault. What uh, I, you know, I always think about that. We blamed Putin for ruining the outcome of the election. We're doing that for four years now. Putin's price hikes and blah, blah, blah. It must be flattering to Putin to know that he has so much jurisdiction yeah. over our entire country that he literally can ruin us through whatever he's doing, you know, 7,000 miles away. Well, it must frustrate him to be told he has all this power and then find out he really doesn't. <laughs> yeah, can We're doing it to ourselves. You can ruin the United States, but you can't beat uh, Ukraine. Well, well give, give, given the Democrats, the far left in our court system today, he should sue for slander. <laughs> so what is – you were behind the flat tax, right? Yes. That sounds dreamy to me. It also sounds appealing to, I think, most Americans. Yes. It sounds appealing to, but it's never going to happen. And I don't know why, if most people kind of would prefer to do it that way. I, I don't think people have a beef with going, I will just – give the government 25% or 30% of what I make, and we don't need to do all the big offshore accounts and all the shell games and everything. Production. I'll, I'll I have to do thousands of quarterly reports and you know, accountants and stuff. Most people, I feel, would go along with that, but it never really got the traction it deserved, right? Now, well, well, over 25 countries around the world have the thing, and it's worked very well, and... Uh, the thing is, it's a source of power for government, but the waste is uh, immoral. And I think in 2024, <clears throat> at least one of the presidential candidates will embrace the flat tax and make uh, put it in the forefront again. People would respond. And it is a you think about it. It's a, it's a moral issue. You, know, you go back 20 years. The IRS estimates we spend six billion hours a year filling out tax forms. We spend experts tell us two to three hundred billion dollars a year complying with this monstrosity that nobody understands, full of corruption. So you just go back 20 years, a generation or so. So over 100 billion hours, literally trillions of dollars going to comply with this idiot code. And just imagine for a moment if all that brain power, time and money had gone <laughs> instead for new products, new services, new medical devices. New new uh, medicines, new cures for diseases, how much better off we'd all be. Talk about opportunity cost. So I think it's a winning issue if somebody would just embrace it. But most politicians are not really entrepreneurs. <laughs> what is the sorry, Brian, I just want to before I forget, what is a percentage on a flat tax in the United States that would be realistic? Uh, I've come up with the numbers that show you could do 17 percent. Ugh. And uh, you'd have generous exemptions for adults and for children, period. Everything else goes. And so a family of four making f their first $52,800 of salary would be free of federal income tax. And above that, you'd pay only 17 cents in the dollar. No tax and savings, no death taxes. I've always believed you should be allowed to leave the world unmolested by the IRS. <laughs> And uh, I used to say uh, we should bury this tax code, but I'm sure the EPA would object to something so toxic going in our soil. <laughs> but it's insane. And and I think people, are, given what we're going through now and given what the Federal Reserve and these other uh, people are going to be putting us through, I think people are going to be in a mood for big changes in the next few years uh, that they wouldn't have pushed before. Brian? It sounds so logical. I'm wondering. I know you agree with it. Obviously, it's your it's your it's your thoughts. But what is the argument against it? What would a, an economist who is respected say? Well, the problem with that is, 
Well, uh, they 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 would say first of all that it would be ideological. It's unfair that if you make more, you should pay a higher proportion of your salary. Uh, so they'd use the moral justification. Remember back in two thousand eight when uh, Obama was running for president, he was uh, shown numbers that if you reduce the capital gains tax, the government always gains revenue. Government gets more money when you reduce that tax. And so he's asked, would you do it because the government gets more money? He said, no, it's not moral. Mm. So they have a, a moral mm. hang up on it. Uh, and then they say, oh, it wouldn't collect enough money. Well, history shows, experience shows that's nonsense. You'd collect more because people would be doing more positive things instead of this uh, code. And uh, and it's worked in numerous other societies. And uh, the other thing, they, they then you have the special interest who come in and say, if you don't have a deduction for home mortgages, no one's going to buy a home or no one's going to give money and that kind of thing. And uh, we show that to be nonsense and that it's logical. If people are making more money and keep more of what they earn, and we design this tax cut so that everyone gets a tax cut so we don't get hung up on who gains and who's hurt. Nobody gets hurt. If you have a higher income, guess what? You give more. You can buy a bigger house. And uh, just one thing on the charity thing, because they just don't grasp it, a lot of these uh, institutions, is that uh, research shows that in America, we're a very giving nation. And we give roughly each year in cash gifts, roughly about 2% of GDP. If times are good, it might be a little above. If times are tough, it might be a little down. That's not even counting people's volunteer hours. So when people have more, they give more. Back in the, just one thing, because uh, I always get hit with this, back in the 80s when they cut the top rate under Reagan from 70% to 28%, a lot of uh, philanthropic institutions, hospitals, colleges opposed that because they said, well, people won't give because uh, they're giving, in effect, more money. If they give $100 with 70% tax rate, that's only going to cost them 30 whereas with 28 it's going to cost them 72 and uh, so they cut those rates, and guess what happened? Charitable contributions went up. The amount of giving went up. So, again, when people have more, they give more. I, so there are no real good arguments against it. But by golly, uh, they, throw, they, they oppose it. Just one little anecdote on that. Mm-hmm. When I ran for president in 96 in New Hampshire, H&R blocks in a mailing to the voters in New Hampshire – Warning of the impending end of civilization if this flat tax went in. Well, so it's just a bunch of people from the IRS trying to figure out how to keep a job. It's our block benefit from people being having complicated taxes. Right, because this sounds great for the rich guy, sounds great for the poor guy. Well, first off, I'm... I know I sound like an insane person, but I'm only driven insane by everyone else's insanity. I've said to people, 200, you know, the wire and the rich, whether you pay your fair share, these guys, these fat cats got to pay their fair share. 5% pays, you know, 65% of, of all. 40% of people pay no taxes. So spare me your morals clause and discussion well, when you're right. talking and, and to every me. Every time, every time in our history when we've had uh, real tax cuts and income tax rates, uh, the rich pay more and they're more rich people who are paying more. And uh, they uh, and uh, they uh, end up paying more of the total income tax take. When Ronald Reagan uh, first came in, I think the top one percent were paying about eighteen or nineteen percent. Now the top one percent was it thirty eight or forty percent. So you cut rates. By golly, the rich will pay more. That's how you get the rich to pay more. Let them focus on producing things. Then you have more to tax. Yes, <laughs> and and also. It's never been fully explained to me with the, you know, you got to pay your fair share of the rich fat cats or whatever. <laughs> I've been screaming about this into a radio microphone for 25 years now. The highest paid Corolla family member might be my grandmother who worked at the VA. Probably best year was, we'll call it 50K. So she would have had to pay 8,500 bucks in taxes that year. If I make three million. At, at the most. At the most. deduction, she'd pay less. I, okay, let's just. Just we'll go back to the fat cat, pay your fair share. Uh, I might make $3 million a year, so then I might spend $500,000 on taxes. What, what's the fair share argument coming? How does the fair share part work? I get an extra garbage man and a cop assigned to me. I get to walk into the park on a Saturday and say, everyone clear out. <laughs> Take your soccer balls and go home. I want to play a softball game with my son. Like, you get nothing. 
you don't pay 8000 you pay 500000 And the person that's yelling the loudest about me paying more than 500000 according to your 17%, although I pay a lot more than that, is indignant that I need to pay more. What and and also sorry for the rant, Steve. I was it's around, to me. I was thinking about this the other day. When did we become just so laissez faire about the government taking forty percent of your money? Or California got thirteen percent, then you got the federal. It's like the guys I know who work hard and have made a good business for themselves. They're getting taxed at like 50%. And then everyone just sort of wags their finger at everyone and goes, oh, so you'd rather save a couple of nickels, but you don't care about the polar bears or you don't care. It's like, no, it's it's a whole bunch of money that the government steals from you and then they squander it. Why is, why is this become, I don't even know why it's a political thing. Like, you know, you guys on the right, you're so worried about it, But the guys on the left, they're hacking away your money and wasting it on the bullet train that's not a bullet train in California. Why doesn't everyone feel this way? It's, it's weird to me. Sorry, Steve. Well, I think if you uh, bring it to people's attention, uh, they, uh, they, they will become upset very quickly. Uh, you know, Americans are overtaxed. Think about what you do when you get up in the morning. What do you do? You turn on the light. Uh, you've got utility taxes. You turn on the water. Same thing. Go to the kitchen. Have a cup of coffee. Another tax. Sales tax. You go to work. Gasoline taxes. I say gasoline because I'm not a fan of EVs. But again, if you drive an EV, you'll pay electricity taxes. And uh, then you go to work. You have federal income tax, state income tax. You may pay a toll or two depending on where you live. And then you go home. What, what do you do? You, you have notices of property taxes, time to renew your pet's license, Fido's license. I mean, it goes on and on. Why? So they nick you everywhere. I don't get why one side of the aisle seems to cheer on this growing government, this ever growing government and with some sort of promise that they're going to do something. But they never seem to really come through. And especially they don't come through for poor, disadvantaged people. They they don't come through. Nothing comes out the other end and we cheer it on. We just hired, I don't know, 87,000 new IRS employees or we're trying to hire oh, 80 as part of the reduction, the inflation number. induction. We're going to hire almost 100,000 more people and task them with the task of going, trying to find more money that the citizens earn. Why is this an attractive thing? I, that's what I can't figure out. Well, and talk about chasing your tail. Are, isn't part of the point of hiring them is because we lost billions of dollars in fraud and claim uh, fraud? We gave money to people who are in penitentiaries Inmates in California. were cashing in like, like crazy. It's, it's, it's ultimately about control. And even when you make the case that if you have a simple tax system, uh, people are more prosperous, uh, the government ends up with more money, they're less interested in the money, getting the money, than they are in power. You know, you look at China today. Why is Xi Jinping though, so idiotic on covid uh, yeah, he may believe that uh, shutdowns work. They don't. But it's also reminding people who's in control and we can suppress you anytime you want. So it's all about uh, not all about, but a big part is, is part of it is they'd rather have the power than the actual money. They want control. And so uh, when you have a complicated, incomprehensible code, they know people are going to come to them. Can we get a break here? Can we put something there? You always have to ask them. And if you're, say you're in the House of Representatives on the Ways and Means Committee, which is the tax writing committee, you sit on that committee, you have it easy in fundraising. You can say, oh, I think I'll have a reception this afternoon. Every lobbyist is coming in with a checkbook or, or whatever they use today, PayPal or whatever. But they will they will make sure you have uh, more more money for your upcoming campaign. Yeah, I would imagine the answer, and I I really don't know. I would imagine the answer is services. That's what people might might say. But why do we hear about countries? I'm just say Denmark or Norway or Sweden that seems so happy and they're so taxed. Well, in terms of uh, in term, well, for, for first of all, uh, in, in those countries, one of the things that people don't fully understand here is we have a higher standard of living than they do. Uh, on paper, they look happy and they are very nice. But the thing is, when they uh, go to uh, when you go to their homes, most of their homes, uh, they don't have as much stuff as we do. And uh, so, uh, yeah, they, they do very nicely. But they also find ways to get around those high tax rates uh, legally and under the table. 
There's a lot of uh, cash uh, spread around. So uh, and Sweden, uh, first Sweden got very, which Bernie Sanders seems to love. Sweden got rich by having a low tax and sensible spending regime. Then they got rich. They decided everyone's going to have boodle. So they raised taxes to a fairly well, put in all these programs. And then uh, a few decades ago, found themselves in a severe financial crisis. And guess what they did? They started cutting taxes. Mm. Sweden has no, 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 no uh, death tax. Imagine that. Wow. And they allow school choice, by the way. Bernie doesn't mention that. <laughs> and so uh, they realized you can't, you can't go beyond a certain point in taxing. And unfortunately, Britain has forgotten that. Conservative governments completely forgotten that. But that's so amazing. 4,000 years, and uh, these governments simply don't learn what works and what doesn't. And in many cases, they don't want to learn. They want power and they want to play so at our expense. What is, uh, so where are we heading now? Because uh, every smart person I talk to says uh, we're heading into a bad financial space in this country. Well, part of the problem in, uh, with, with, with uh, the problems we have today is that uh, the Federal Reserve has this strange notion that if you make people poor, if you put the economy in recession, that's how you fight inflation. Well, when you have an economy in decline, prices do come down because people aren't buying things and businesses are going out of business, so they have discounts. And uh, But unfortunately, when uh, then so you get the prices down, and then you go printing too much money again, and they go up again. In the 70s, we did this time and time again till Reagan came in the early 80s, uh, so they finally got the thing uh, cured, and they relatively stabilized the dollar, and we went off. Now, people always ask, well, how do you stabilize the dollar? Well, you, uh, we used to do it, do it, and I hate to mention on your show because you may uh, get uh, banned to the, uh, uh, to the moon, is that uh, they used to have a gold standard. The dollar was fixed in value to the gold. We did it for 180 years, worked pretty well. And then in the 70s, under Nixon, we went off of it. So the way you do it today, since gold is taboo, is uh, you look at the gold price, you look at commodity prices, and uh, if the if the dollar looks like it's getting more expensive, you are printing too much money, less expensive, probably not printing enough. Back in the 90s, in the late 80s, Alan Greenspan, head of the Federal Reserve, uh, admitted in public he sort of had this uh, sloppy gold standard. Then he forgot it, and we got a crisis in 2000. But uh, so there are ways to do it. And I think the pressure of events, getting to your ultimate question, the pressure of events, when things go bad and people don't understand what's going on, there's going to be huge political pressure. The lash of events is going to create conditions for major and I hope positive reform, just as we did in the 1980s. And one thing to keep in mind, even Jimmy Carter, hapless Jimmy Carter, to fight inflation, he deregulated the transportation industry. He and Ted Kennedy. Uh, against the Teamsters. They liberated trucks. They liberated trains. They liberated planes, deregulated them. And uh, in the freight, train freight, we now have the best freight system in the world, whereas back then it was all gone bankrupt. So even Democrats sometimes get it right. I know it's yeah. rare, but that's why I wanted to mention it. <laughs> I'm just throwing this out there uh, because you, I, I think it's safe to say you know a lot more than I do on this subject. So I'm hoping that you have some advice. Um, well, when you read the book, you'll know as much as I do. <laughs> oh, good. Well, I wonder how this works into home ownership. I'm an adult. I've, I'm gainfully employed, as is my husband, and I can't afford a home. And I'm wondering how these things are going to fold in to each other and, and, and how the rest of us might be able to buy a home. Well, the thing about uh, homes, again, with a flat tax, you'll have a more of a prosperous economy. You get you keep more of what you earn, so you'll have more. But the big problem on home ownership is state regulation. Uh, California, for example, makes it extremely difficult to do a residential project, whereas in Texas, you can uh, have a project going in a matter of weeks. It would take years in California to get permission for. So, uh, and, and you, and you look at Florida. Uh, they, they don't have as many crazy regulations as California. So even though they have a massive influx of people, prices have gone up a lot. Uh, when there's not a hurricane, they have a lot of home building. See the same thing in Georgia, parts of North Carolina. So the problem with uh, the lack of affordability of a home 
is really regulation. <coughs> they make it impossible for uh, people to build in a timely, efficient manner. Is the are the feds going to keep raising the interest rates and they do it in an attempt to stop the inflation? Right. right? Does that is that effective? And no. Uh, well, again, uh, they they it's part of their idea that prosperity causes inflation. Uh, there's a thing in economics called the Phillips curve, named after an economist named Phillips. And uh, Phillips posited that if you want low unemployment, you have to have higher inflation. If you want low inflation, you have to have higher unemployment. Well, experience shows that's absolute nonsense, but it is wholly rid of the Federal Reserve. And so when they talk about achieving a soft landing, that's Fed speak for we think people are buying too much stuff in the economy. We want to slow the economy down. And uh, therefore, uh, we hope uh, we don't have a full-blown recession, but they always do. They always have a crash landing. So if you ever see a Federal Reserve official become an airline pilot, stay away from that airplane because <laughs> he'll crash it. And uh, and so, uh, again, they have this belief that the only way you fight inflation is by making people poor, increasing more unemployment. And uh, it's so simple. Just stabilize your currency and you have low tax rates. What my friend, uh, co-author Nathan Lewis calls the magic formula, it always works. When you have a gold standard, for example, you never have inflation, period. I don't. QED, uh, whatever you want to say. <laughs> I, you know, I'll screw the numbers up, but uh, I don't think most people, especially around the country, understand that, you know, out here, a starter house is, you know, 1.5 million bucks. That's right. And the difference between whatever the rate was two years ago, you know, 2.5 two or whatever, whatever you could get. And 6% is the difference between a payment of $3,500 and $8,700 a month. Like it is insane. What a, yeah, it's crippling. It's demoralizing. What it just a couple of points added onto that interest rate does to those payments. And this gets to something also very important. The federal reserve should not be setting or manipulating interest rates. Interest is like rent. We all know what rent controls do. And so uh, what the Fed does with money is put on a a monetary form of rent control. You know, when you borrow money, you pay interest. That's you're in effect paying rent for for, for the money, just like you pay rent for the apartment. And uh, they should not be in the game of manipulating it. They they always get it wrong. And uh, they're now engineering an unnecessary recession. Let the marketplace set the interest rate between borrower and lender. And the idea, it's so preposterous and people just accept it as normal, but it isn't. The idea that a handful of people at the Federal Reserve can guide an economy of 330 million people and 8 billion people around the world by manipulating interest rates is so preposterous and destructive, it should be laughed off the stage. But instead, we take it, oh, very seriously. (laughs) And the idea they can guide the economy is preposterous. You know, when the economy gets good, the Fed says, oh, we're, we're in danger of overheating. People are getting too prosperous. Now, if you make more money, do you suddenly sweat at night and say, gosh, I'm overheating. Uh, take, take away that money. I'm, I'm sweating too much. It's just absolute nonsense. But uh, again, these things are not challenged. And that's what we are trying to do in the book. Challenge in a nice way, very readable way, jargon free way. <laughs> Uh, wh- how, how, how we deal with these matters. But the Fed needs to be slapped down. It, it's per- uh, very destructive, but it's accepted by central bankers and economists everywhere. It's holy writ. So uh, given the current trajectory, where are we going to be at in a year or two? Oh, God. Well, I think uh, in the next uh, year or so, we are going to have a recession where that will be recognized even by the economic theologians. Um, and uh, and but I think that's going to set the stage for big changes, just as the troubles of the 1970s set the big sta- cha- uh, stage, set the stage for the big positive changes we had in the 1980s. Yeah. And uh, so uh, uh, I think, uh, yeah, short term, hard winter, but it's going to set the stage for uh, big positive changes. And I think we will we'll be able to turn what you might call the troubled 20s into the roaring 20s. Hmm. What's in it for the politicians who are giving away the money or going down this road, which is probably not going to have a great outcome? Um, like, you know, also, we have a lot of like, if you ever hear Janet Yellen interviewed, she seems like a kooky old 
crazy lady who's like, I we, no, I don't. We don't anticipate any. I don't. I don't. Her title is what? I'm sorry, Steve. Uh, she, she, she's now Treasury Secretary. She is formerly chair of the Federal Reserve. I love that how the uh, Federal Reserve says you don't have chairwoman or chairperson or chairman. It's the chair. The chair. So I think, well, why do they call her sofa or something? But anyway, uh, she, former former chair of the Federal Reserve. She seems like one of your mom's kooky friends from high school, and her predictions are all wrong. So that's who's running the thing? Why don't we don't have anyone better to put in these kind of positions? Well, maybe we should resurrect uh, that old uh, play, the uh, the emperor's clothes, new clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely want her to keep her clothes on. (laughs) I don't know where you're going. (laughs) So 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 we'll do a family rated version. (laughs) But uh, in terms of ideas, it is the emperor and emperor's uh, clothes, new clothes. And uh, it is just accepted that the Fed has to guide the economy, that you can't leave people alone. Uh, and the politicians, why do they let something happen? Uh, because they have no understanding about money or monetary policy. Uh, that's why I gave free copies away to certain members of Congress uh, as a, a public service. Well, and uh, yeah. and uh, and I even signed it. But uh, the, the the fact the fact of the matter is they don't understand it. They and they think even though they will publicly denounce it, they think. Yeah, this we have to do. We have to take the hard medicine. We have to be brave about it. But by golly, we have to have that uh, root root canal uh, and operations without anesthesia. Yeah, I, it always. I think I'll oh, maybe I'll screw the name up. Was it George McGovern? There was a guy. This is what we're kind of dealing with in um, L.A. We're looking for a new mayor. I'm sort of Rick Caruso because I just anyone who ran a business, built a business, understands all the tentacles involved with subs and paying and all the in order to build the Grove in Los Angeles, California, you just have to be good at 25 different things and you have to surround yourself. And then then we have the sort of career politician who never had the business. And I'm like, I don't want these people making decisions that affect businesses because they've never been there i think it was george mcgovern yes it was well then you tell the story well george mcgovern very far left liberal ran for president carried all of one states uh couldn't even carry his home state but anyway when he left politics after he got beat for the senate he left politics and thought it'd be fun (laughs) to do uh, a nice uh, bread and breakfast kind of place and in i think it was in massachusetts and was stunned to find how hard it was and all the hoops and regulations and licensing you have to do, all the harassment from government inspectors coming around. And he said, I had no idea it was like this. Hello. Yes. And that's my my point, which is I want someone who's experienced this a little before they head off to Washington and make <laughs> some more regulations that are going to affect the guy trying to open the uh bed and breakfast. Steve Forbes. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. And it's a good thing that you you bring that story up because people have no idea what it goes in to making things happen. They just sort of think it just happens. No, it doesn't. I got to tell you, Obama, when he gave that speech where he's like, you in front of a bunch of poor, dumb people who cheer. You think, uh, you know, you think you built that business? You didn't build it yourself. Who built the road? That you traveled on. What about those school teachers? Oh, God. It's just like it's class warfare. And, of course, well, all the he, dumb he, people he start cheering. the fact yes. the reason you could build the road was because of the resources that the entrepreneurs and business people created. And going back to the beginning of this country, knowing the importance of education, townspeople would get together, pool together, bring some money in to get a teacher so the kids can learn to be productive citizens. And understand our culture, understand our history. So, uh, yeah, it did, the road didn't come first. The builders came first. A good note to go out on inflation, what it is, why it's bad, and how to fix it. Steve Forbes, everyone. Thanks, Steve. Come back anytime you like. Thank you. Look forward to it. Thank you. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, 
Who thought this was a good idea? Recently, the big flop looked at the swan, a competition show between women who are hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem, the women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and a terrible, terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. On each episode of Wondery's podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, who thought this was a good idea? Recently, the big flop looked at the swan, a competition show between women who are hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem, the women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and a terrible, terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus. I'd be so into 17% flat tax. Sounds fucking awesome. I, for all, I would love that as well. Like for all of us. What's the problem? I, I don't know. A bunch of trying I, to justify their jobs. But it, it's still, it's always vexing me. It's like, yeah, but you make a lot of money. Why shouldn't you pay more? But you are paying more. You're paying 70% of more money. You, you drive an Uber, you pay $4,000. Then I pay $2 million. Even if it's, it's the same rate, it is more money. How do they tally I, that, the money? They want to know who it came from and how much they make, or is it just money? That expression is is broken. That well, you need to pay more, but you are paying more. You're paying. <laughs> no, they they fuck it up even more. They go your fair share. So if, if ten people go out to dinner, and you know Mark Garagos is across the table, and uh, Chris Maxipat is on the other side of the table. Then when you whack it up, Mark Garagos should pay $7,500 and Chris should pay 15 cents. And then he would wag his finger at him and tell him to pay his fair share. It's (laughs) it's a share of what the expenses are. You got cops and firemen and, you know, picking up garbage at the park. Not that we do that, but I'm just saying it's it's a share. The idea that they even floated the pay your fair share is sort of insane. It was a good line. Pay your fair show. All right, we'll take a quick break back with the news right after this. January 20th and 21st, the Adam Carolla crew is coming to Dallas, Texas. If you've been on the cruise, look at this as a uh, land yacht. Working blue. And what is the equivalent of a drunken cruise on land? Dallas, Texas. That's right. That's right. With Adam Carolla and John Popper. Two days, tons of fun. Live pod, all do stand-up, and we're going to do a screening of the K-Rock doc. John's going to do musical performances. Oh, hell yeah. If I'm doing my job, it's your resolve I Because the hope brings you back. Your tickets for the package include hotel rooms, tickets to a live Adam Carolla show, brunch with John and Adam, a VIP meet and greet, a special screening of the K-Rock documentary. And no what? seasickness. No seasickness. Probably yeah. some vomiting, but yeah, not a but lot. it's your fault. And of course, the big event on Saturday night, Adam Carolla and John Popper at Dallas Echo Music Hall. Sounds really pretty. Beautiful place. Working Blue with Adam Carolla and John Popper. Get your tickets now at adamcarolla.com. Give me the news with Grad. News with Gino Grad. Breaking viral. We're crime protest politics. Give me news with Gina Grad. Stuff they saw on TMZ. Joe Biden. Come on out. Beat news with Gina Gina Grad. The news with Gina Grad. Well, since we are recording this on a Wednesday, I 
figured we'd go over some of the big highlights from the election results, even though as we record this, many of them aren't in. And, uh, you know, one of them, the, the Herschel Walker, that that shit won't happen for another month, probably. So let's just go over some of the high profile stuff. In Pennsylvania, Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman defeated Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz in a race that could uh, help the Democrats hold on to the Senate. Fetterman suffered and is still recovering from, by the way, a stroke. Um, he's replacing Republican Senator Pat Toomey, who's retiring. He got screwed a little bit in that when he did the debate with Oz, yeah. he started off by saying, good night. Good night. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, he's technically right. Yeah. Good evening. It's a lovely night. But why can't you could say, but if you say good night, it yeah. means you're leaving and or it's the end. But good evening, night and evening are yeah. interchangeable, but not that phrase. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, let's see. In uh, Georgia, the battle for the Senate seat between Republican Herschel Walker and Democrat incumbent Raphael Warnick, too close to call, likely headed to a runoff. Um, I don't know if you saw George Takei's tweet, which I 99 percent sure people do that for him, it said something to the effect of, I wonder if Herschel Walker knows that a runoff is part of what you do for an election and not what he did to his children. Mm. That was pretty, pretty fucking funny. I thought it was something about toting the rock. <laughs> Uh, California Governor Newsom handily reelected. Um, he doesn't even try anymore. Do we know no. who he's running against? Do we no. know? I, I looked no. at the name and I can't remember. Bine, Bain or something. I just voted for him, yeah. whoever it was. But I, I didn't look. I can't remember. But he was – so Newsom was ahead, you know, projected to be win by 21 yeah. points or something. But he he only won by 10 I think Chris can look it up. That just means there's a lot of Muranos who went to the the voting booth and went like, I've listened, I'd be run out of Santa Monica if anyone saw me do this, but I'm so fucking tired of this shit. I'm just going to punch. Yeah. I'm just going to punch whoever the Republican right. guy is. Maybe he can put an end to some of the bleeding. Like, I, I don't, no one knew who the guy was. He didn't spend any money. Doll, I think it was. Well, it was 42 to 57, so it was 15. That's impressive, given that none of us know his name. <clears throat> I, was say. I didn't spend a penny. Nobody knew who he was. There's just enough people against. that just went for yeah. Jeff right. Yeah. New York Democratic Governor Kathy Hochul won re-election over Lee Zeldin. Uh, Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott beat Democratic challenger Beto O'Rourke. Um, oh, Pennsylvania. This one was interesting because Democrat uh, John Shapiro won, beating Republican um, Doug Mastriano. And the only reason his name kept coming up was because he had a lot of theories. He was a QAnon supporter and yeah. a little uh, <clears throat> little out there. Yeah, there's this thing which uh, I didn't know existed, but kind of makes sense. He was supported by the Democrats because they want a nutty person to <laughs> run against. Oh, oh sure. That's so sure. They sure. dumped all their support behind the guy who they didn't think was beatable. Right. The better candidate. right. Yes. And then some people go, you hate all the conspiracy theories and election deniers. Why are you supporting the election denier? And it's because we want to win. It's a risky little game. <laughs> I I think it's a sm- it's a smart game. Yeah. It's also it's a little ambiguous morally because yeah. like you you hate election deniers. Why are you supporting right. the election denier? But it's so we the can long win. Game. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Maryland uh, Democrat Westmore defeated Republican Larry Hogan. Uh, just kind of oh, Stacey Abrams was beat by Brian Kemp in Georgia. I was thinking about the um, the debate with uh, Doctor Oz and Fetterman, and Fetterman was a shit show. Obviously, he's, he's impaired, but you know, with all the mail in and like early voting, mm-hmm. a lot of people vote before they see the debate. Sure. So I would like us to vote in person after the debate because I, I thought they scheduled the debates before uh, votes were allowed. Is that is that am I wrong about that? You can mail in your votes <laughs> oh. a month ahead of time, oh. but then then the debate was after. I mean, you can head you can mail them in, and then they can have the debate. Or whatever goes on in Arizona, which is no debate, which I've, I'm not down with no debate. Yeah. you got a debate. I agree. Uh, Florida, Ron DeSantis reelected. Um, by the way, Trump has thoughts about that. He is really, well, really honing he in. He didn't count on DeSantis. No. Um, he, uh, he 
I have it in here somewhere, but um, he, he was on some flight somewhere and told, told the journalists, oh, boy, I know things about DeSantis that even his wife doesn't know or nobody knows it better than I, except maybe his wife. It's a bombshell. Well, DeSantis is all the stuff people like about Trump minus all the baggage. Bombastic. Right. Although – you know, he'll be painted as a racist and a, and a whatever, misogynist, whatever. But he just doesn't have all the Stormy Daniels right. in in the right. past and the Billy Bush hot mic stuff. He's right. just kind of he took a page from Trump's playbook. He's aggressive. He's going after it. Um, Florida is just completely red now. And there's an interesting thing which uh, gives me some hope. And, and it's something I never liked. I always hated this voting base. You know, it's like blacks vote mm. with us. Mm. You know, Biden said to Charlemagne the God, you, you don't vote for me, you're not black. It's like, <laughs> I believe it was you ate black. You ate black. That's a racist statement, old white guy. Black people are, are allowed to vote in different Different well, directions. Twenty twenty two. Yeah. So, so there used to be it's like, oh, if you're black, you, we got your vote, and if you're Hispanic, we got your vote. Oh, those days are over. But not in Dade County. No. They're like, uh, we're we're done with this shit. Well, and I think like the Cuban vote is is historically conservative, right? They're conservative, but in general, the Hispanics, at least the ones I've worked with my entire life in California. Pretty family oriented, kind of conservative, religious, hardworking people like that. They're not down with whatever whatever Beto's talking about. They they like his name, yeah, but they they're not just down with name. the agenda. And so the thing I like is people just voting for what whatever their morals are, whatever their standards are, whatever. Like it, like it goes like Whitey gets to do. Yeah. We get to go. Hey, you care about abortion? He cares about taxes. We're going different directions here. Not just going. This group of people always was for us. It never works out for that group of people, and you shouldn't just count on a block because their last name or the color of their yeah. skin. I you, I mean, Jesus Christ, my my voter ballot was all over the road for those reasons. And I think that there wouldn't have been this big turnout. And I'm hearing this on on the news as well. But it's like, if you just left stuff like reproductive rights alone, you would have the, the repro- Republicans could have swept, but you had to throw in shit that just didn't sit right with they people. Can't, well, we're also a lot more. What they haven't realized is we are more feelings based than we ever were. And you can't do things like feel abortion conjures lots of feelings sure. like feelings you know what i mean like more people you know versus taxes borders sure. you know stuff like uh, school boards you know surplus tax no. thing transportation that's a blah, blah. but if you're going to get into stuff that conjures feelings and we're in the age of feelings then you're going to conjure a bunch of feelings well and that i mean states flipped over it the other day when you said that you know people don't really care about abortion it it doesn't seem like that in most and all the states that now have have pulled back on on letting women do what they got to do between them and their doctor statistically i mean i don't say they don't care about abortion economies number one usually sometimes crime number two and abortions but a lot of those states are the ones that have now taken those rights away from women well you're only dealing with percentages you know you don't you don't it's it's like talking about blocks you know blacks vote now less, but you know they're ninety three percent Democrat. If that ever went down to seventy one percent, they'd never win Huge. another election. Yeah. You just like shave a few, a few percentage that, points. That's kind of my point. Like if you just if you just focused on the economy and you just focused on that stuff, then you'd have all these other supports. But you had to sneak in some other shit that people weren't down with. Well, I, 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 am, I half agree with you. The other half is where they they get to calling everyone racist. Mm, I, I think some people would believe that. That's a Another thing that conjures. Right. Speaking of that, you watch these goddamn elections. It is, you know, black guy running against black guy, women on women fight, fighting it out, uh, black woman going against a white guy, lots of Hispanic surnames in there. Um, there's, you know, uh, Oz is Muslim, I think. Mm. Like, we don't, he, he's not one of the good ones. I oh. mean, we don't, no. Damn it. We don't, we, we, 
Turkish? People, yeah, people care about diversity, but if the guy's on the right, then gotcha. fuck him. See, you know, I Candace Owens isn't a black right. woman. Right, right, right. But, so you don't really hear anything about it, unless you're talking to Mark Garagos, because he's Turkish and Mark's pissed. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, can we just call an end to this part where it's like, we need representation, right. we need a, 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 that looks like the country. I, you turn on the election results, you're hard to, you're hard pressed to see like white dude, white dude. It's like Jewish guy, mm-hmm. white woman, you know, in New York, Zeldon's yeah. Jewish and Holcomb's uh, a woman. And Feels then you got the two women, yeah. Herschel Walker and uh, Raphael Warnock. I mean, it's, it's pretty. Yeah. All the, I mean, w- we're down to Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock, right? The mm-hmm. Two brothers. Mm-hmm. And then we got the two women in, in Arizona mm-hmm. going at it. And then we got, we just had Fetterman and the, and the Muslim guy. It's pretty, pretty, diver- yeah. pretty diverse, right? Yeah. The, the ring's open. Okay. Okay, good. There you go. Let's just um, go through some of the quick California props that, uh, that you didn't Stupid vote on. Stupid school one. Um, music, music one passed. <laughs> The, uh, the prop one, we're, we're leaving the people alone with their abortions and their contraceptives. Um, prop 26 allows Native American tribes to offer sports betting did not pass, really did not pass, like 70 to 40. I don't get what. Wait, so is legalized gambling coming? Well, that's the thing. It's like, who cares? Can I play FanDuel? I guess. That's why I was, I, I was confused I don't know. about it. I don't, Legalizing the, sports betting via agreements with Native American tribes, no, by 83%. We, we just gave $2 billion away in a Fakakta lottery. Like, what, what, are, what is it? <laughs> I, do we, do we gamble? Do we not gamble? It's good. You. It's evil. It's, it's good. It's immoral. Like, yeah. it's either gamble or you don't. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the The... The arts programs passed uh, pretty handily. California Proposition 29 regulates the staffing of kidney dialysis clinics, which I still don't understand. That did not pass. The the bigger question is, why is there one of these centers on every corner now versus who's staffing them? Like, did anyone hear about dialysis or kidney Failure. I mean, uh, diabetes. I mean, when you were growing up, this is like your mom's fat friend or something had something, you know. But this is now just a big thing. That's a bigger. That's a bigger question. Why is this a big thing? That's a great uh, question and an observation. Um, We are upholding the law barring the states from selling those flavored tobaccos and imposes a tax to support the purchase of electric vehicles. That was a no. Oh, does it? It doesn't say flavored tobacco, does it? Flavored tobacco. But it's water. It says, I think it's vegetable glycerin, but yeah, tomato, tomato. Oh, but are they talking about like dip that's, you know, mm. honey, honey glazed? Deliciousness. <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> cool kids, ranch. I was going to say, my kids are going to need ranch dip yeah. when they're older that's because. Right. Wait, what? You mean ranch dip, like with chips? No, like oh. plug, like ranch like chaw, red man chaw. skull. And they're gonna eat chaw. New kind of ranch. They're not gonna dip. be able to sit in an office yeah. environment without the flavor of ranch right. for three hours at a time. They're you gonna. Can't, have, you, can't, you can't expect them to. No, that's unfair. They're gonna have to do a little pinch between their cheek and tongue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did have either of you ever done that? No. When I was in, all the the dip. Yeah. No. When I was in high school and we played baseball sometimes. There'd be a little dipping. Didn't it make you so sick? I I dated. I don't know. If that's a word. I whatever with a guy in high school. He was in Kansas. They all did it. And I tried it, and I was so nauseous. I I thought I needed to go to the hospital. It'll give you a light head. Yeah. You're not supposed to swallow the dip. Oh. Oh yeah. No, but Chris, just having it in there, I was like, mm 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 mm. My favorite moment in life was the my dip related story when I was. Doing a show. It was me and August and Mike Lynch, I think. And we we're coming back from a show, I don't know, Boston or somewhere. And, and like the doors opened and the elevator on like the ninth floor. And there's two big <laughs> drunken dudes standing there. And then one guy just looked at me and he goes, you guys got any dip? And we said, uh, no. And he went, pussies. And he walked down the hall. <laughs> I don't know what his batting average is on collecting dip from other patrons of the hotel. You gotta, you gotta be out there. I felt it was unnecessary that he punctuated with a 
pussies. You have zero times. You're going to get zero dip. That's true. But uh, he definitely called us pussies for not having dip on us. Yeah, I remember a story very clearly, which is there was some dipping going on. Dip is different. There there was the red man stuff, which is Mm -hmm. like leafy. Mm. stuff and then there's the sort of ground up Copenhagen kind yes. of stuff that's the one I'm thinking and uh, Walt Garrison the great well you know Walt Garrison Walt Garrison the great uh, running back for the Dallas Cowboys used to do a commercial for Skull oh and uh, so did uh, Campbell Earl Campbell Earl Campbell uh-huh. did a dip they should get NFL guys to do dip commercials. I they should have got Jeez. baseball guys to do. You can't yeah. really yeah. dip with a mouthpiece no. and stuff. But well, defense is on the field. Yeah, <laughs> they. Uh, that's true. I, we were we would dip a little in uh, in high school on the baseball team, and I'll, I'll tell you the rest of the story as soon as we see Walt Garrison dipping. You know, when I've got a little extra time on my hands, I like to do things I really enjoy, like roping. But there's one thing I enjoy all the time, and that's tobacco. And just like millions of other guys, I get my tobacco pleasure without lighting up. Because I use smokeless tobacco. My favorite brand is Skoll with the wintergreen taste. And just a pinch between your cheek and gum is all it takes. And boy, it sure does feel good in there. So take it from me, Walt Garrison. Do something you're really going to enjoy. Try going smokeless. All right. Yeah, so watch us commercials when I was a kid. Dawson, you convinced? <laughs> no, I was a Copenhagen guy. Okay. Yeah, we were... Uh, we were on a God. We were on a bus. Uh, the baseball team was on a bus, and we're going to play an away game, Silmar High or something. And so everyone was on the bus, and the bus was uh, just kind of parked and running. And it was like, yeah, the coaches were like, "Hey, get on the bus!" And we sat on the bus, but the bus wasn't going anywhere. And we we're just kind of sitting in the parking lot of North Hollywood High in the bus, but. Mm. It's, they weren't going to let anyone get off the bus. And then so the word kind of went around, who's got some jaw? Anyone got any dip on this bus? And the answer was no. So we were sitting on the bus, and I saw uh, Beth Ringwald go walking by or driving by or something. And I was friends with her. So I you know, yelled out the window, like, hey, Beth, get us, like, go run to the liquor store in the corner and get us some dip. Would you? Which I, you know, I guess you could do back then. Yeah. And so I don't know. We passed a hat, found five bucks or something, gave it to her. But it's like, hurry, because we're not, they're not going to hold the bus. We're just going <laughs> to take off when we take off. And then she ran to the liquor store <laughs> and came back with a pouch of pipe tobacco. <laughs> Which is, I I should have killed myself right then because I should have, someone should have tapped me on the shoulder and go, you're going to have millions of these interactions. This is (laughs) your your entire adult life is going to be you explaining to something to somebody and you getting a bag of tobacco that is made for a pipe. This will be the next 40 years. But high school kids are dumb. Did they do it anyway? Of course. I think we probably shoved like a little in there, you know. No, it's disgusting. It did not work. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Cannon is now expecting <clears throat> his 11th child. I'm so old fashioned because I'm like, how often can his wife get pregnant? You know, because he has, he has, you know, yeah. kid craps out on in February right? and then he has another yeah. one in May and then Does he has two in June. It's and beyond like, science. Irish woman. Yeah. yeah. It's like he's got multiple women. Makes Plus no sense. Well, on the woman's birth canal. He just announced that he's expecting a second kid with model Alyssa Scott. Uh, their first child, a boy named Zen, died last year after oh, he was cool. diagnosed with brain cancer. He was just months old i think um scott posted an intimate i'm sorry i don't know if we have it uh an intimate bathtub photo there it is of cannon rubbing her belly while she's standing over him naked the caption says this is a miracle and a blessing uh the other kids are monroe moroccan golden powerful queen rise messiah onyx ice zion mixolydian (laughs) zillionaire and legendary love and ted (laughs) <laughs> Bruce, uh, I I don't know if you guys are like me, but the the intimate pregnant picture that feels intrusive. Well, the to word me. intimate suggests that you should keep it to yourself. Yeah, 
the, the, even the Demi Moore and the Vanity right. Fair, just say, hey, you're pregnant. It's great. We get it. It's nice. It's not beautiful to everyone. It's just, you're naked and your boobies are bigger. But This is just a model showing off that the only part of her body that got bigger was her belly. Yeah. Right. Everything else is right. ready for the, for the camera. Exactly yes. where she left it. All right. Now, what if Nick Cannon approached you, Gina? <laughs> And well, you know he's he wants doing to pretty go for well lucky for himself. Number 12. He's hosting uh, uh, America's Got Talent. No, uh, the voice. No, the singer. Uh, the uh, mass singer. Mass singer. Mass singer's got lots of other irons in the fire. Sure, a lot of irons in the fire. You know he's going to take sure. care of you. You know, for is a while. he though? How much could he possibly make? Uh, there, there must be contracts drawn up, right? You just cannot willy nilly oh. just impregnate, you know, nine separate women yeah. without the uh, litigation. Idea. Right? And so, uh, there's got to be, it's got to be a standard form that he's got to do. I, yeah. I don't know how he impregnates you, but I think that's part of it. I mean, well, the question is like, how much for my womb? Okay. Is that what you're asking me? I don't even really. <laughs> That's the point. Well, I mean, since you bring it up, I don't really know what I'm asking, honestly. I mean, if, if everybody has a price, and yeah. I'm I'm looking for a house. That's what I'm saying. And I'd like to have more of of an option than just the two mile radius in the valley that I'm mm-hmm. currently in. Mm-hmm. So I think my husband and I would think this was a wise business decision. Okay. Two point three seven. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. <laughs> All right, let's do one more. Oh, good. Well, I've been sitting on this one. This actually could be a good way to make money, and I checked on the website. There's a TikTok user named Lisa Fettolino who says she makes well over a hundred grand a year for pooping, but not in like an OnlyFans way, in like a scientific way. So apparently, there's a site called HumanMicrobes.org, and you can go there to see if you have like the right stuff that they need to be a professional pooper at a fee of five hundred dollars per sample. Um, you have to undergo a test to verify that your stool type and physical fitness is what they're looking for and complete a video interview. Um, So I went to the website where they explain everything. Here's a clip of the first minute just to give you an idea of what's happening here. We want your poop. No, we need your poop. Let me explain. I'm with humanmicrobes.org and your poop could change someone's life. Recent research has shown that the microbiome The microbes that live in our gut and help us to digest food also play a major role in our overall health. And modifying and restoring our gut microbiome has become a major investigative avenue for treating numerous illnesses. Half of the mass of our stool is microbes. A procedure called Fecal Microbiota Transplant, or FMT for short, involves transferring these microbes from a healthy donor to a sick person. Oh, this thing. Through this Mm -hmm. process... FMTs offer a potential new treatment option for a long list of conditions, many of which may surprise you, including irritable bowel syndrome, obesity, and even mental disorders. I don't remember that from the video. Funny, because it's true. Mental disorders! Unless everything is going on at the gut level, every day they find out some new information about it, Everyone is fucking themselves up, and, I, and they're allergic to everything. And they're <coughs> who do you know? I, everyone is on some sort of mylanta or tums, mm. and they're on the uh, Zyrtec and mm. this like Zantac. Zantac. We're, we're, we're gobbling this <laughs> this stuff up at yeah. record levels, and I I don't get it. Yeah. I I, I know. We're cleaning our stuff up too much, and it's affecting our flora and our fauna. We we were not meant to live in Purell. That that's that's part of the problem. But yeah, and I would also suggest, I think people are like way too fast to like. Uh, there's two things people to protect about. One is. I, I've never been around a woman where I've cracked the cottage cheese and had a little moss or something on top of it, and I just pop it out in the sink, and then I just start eating it. And they're like, no, no, whoa, so gross. And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So we got this weird, like, everything is so gross. Everything is, like, people look at the expiration date on, like, some yogurt or something. They go, this thing expired four days ago. I go, give it to me. Taste it. 
That tastes fine. Yeah. No, it's just look at the expiration. Taste it. It's fine. It's you, you'll be fine. Yeah. Like we're way too nutty about that. And then everyone has some sort of lactose intolerance. Of the, everyone has something. And I'm saying that shit is connected. I grew up like a Amish feral cat, <laughs> just living outdoors, rolling in dirt, digging and boring in the sand. And it just, that was it. Just one of my greatest days is when we used to go to Santa Monica, <laughs> go to Santa Monica Beach, and they'd have that sewage storm drain thing that yep. would spill oh, yeah. out in the yep. ocean. You get your Water water. <laughs> was 10 degrees warmer because it was pissed. Because it's pissed. And I would, I would fucking spend all day in that, in that swampy mess. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you not have gills? Turn yeah. on, ladies. <laughs> so funny that you... You said that. All right, let's bring in. Uh, Stromer said to me earlier today, you should have gills. Wow. Like like Waterworld. Like wow. literally said it where you're standing huh. three hours ago. All right, let's bring it home. <laughs> you got it. I'm Gina Grad, and that's the news. Gina, Gina That was the news with Gina Grad. All right. Tucson Rialto Theater, December 15th. Doing stand-up there and then off to the improv in Tempe, December 16th, 17th. Live shows and stand-up there. The whole gang's going to Tempe, too. Oh, the whole gang's going. All right, good. Uh, So we'll do that. And then uh, Dallas working blue with John Popper. He'll do a show. I'll do a show. We'll do a show together. We can do a little bar crawling and have a good time. That'll be January 20th through, uh, I said January 20th and 21st. And that'll be in, uh, where the hell is that? Dallas. Yes. Is that up there? Am I not seeing that? The first thing. Oh, Dallas. Oh, oh, I guess I'm looking for the name of the hotel. Which one is it at? The Sheridan? The, the, Sherid- the Sheridan, and then we'll be at the Echo Theater. Ah, yeah. that's what it's I was all, all at adamcrow.com, all that info. All right, and Steve Forbes, inflation, what it is, why it's bad, and how to fix it. And until next time, this is Adam Crow for Steve Forbes and Gina and Bald saying mahalo. You little bitch, you. Make sure you get a copy of Adam's new book. Everything reminds me of something that's available everywhere. Finer books are sold. Leave us a voicemail at 888-634-1744 and get tickets to see the Ace Man at adamcarolla.com. On each episode of Wondrous Podcast, The Big Flop, comedians join host Misha Brown to chronicle one of the biggest pop culture fails of all time and try to answer the age-old question, Who thought this was a good idea? Recently, the big flop looked at the swan, a competition show between women who are hoping to transform their physical appearance. The problem, the women were isolated for weeks, berated, operated on, and then were ranked by a panel of judges. Unsurprisingly, it all led to trauma for the contestants and a terrible, terrible reviews. Follow The Big Flop on Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus.